Blog Talk Radio. Sherry's Playhouse presents A Widgy Night. Ah, la 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 la. Ava Haralambro sighed contentedly as she stopped writing in a file when Doris Day's voice started a song she knew so well on the radio. The beautiful song had captivated Ava ever since she saw the movie Romance on the High Seas with her spouse, Zoe. Ava started to sing in the empty office and smiled on remembering Zoe, looking up at her in adoration when Ava had attempted to sing her this song after they had come home from the cinema. They both dissolved into uproarious laughter when Ava deliberately sang the wrong words. Ava was overjoyed at her friend's unexpected arrival. Can you learn the words to this song instead of humming it? Henry started to sing as he came in. He took Ava's hand and brought her around the desk and began waltzing with her. If I only knew the words instead of making things up, la la la. <laughs> You're a crazy man. I'm fine, even if I'm down there. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get back? A few hours ago. So, tell me, what have I missed? Well, you were wrong. I'm always right. But what did I get wrong? We are headed back to Larissa. You got Zoe to agree to go back home? Yes. Zoe, Lambros is going back to Larissa with you. Yes. I don't believe it. It's true. I told you she would go back. She needs to go back and reclaim what is hers. You know, that place is going to drive you nuts. Don't start that. You know it won't. Yeah, it's there. Why is Zoe talking you back? I know her, and she would never do anything to hurt you. It's not the money or her inheritance, so what did you do to make her change her mind? Well, I persisted. Yeah, you have been persisting for quite some time. But it doesn't sound like Zoe to just surrender. We are going to Berlin. You are going to Berlin? No, Zoe and I are going to Berlin. I'm in awe of that woman's magic powers. (laughs) You are not immune, my friend. I know. We were so lucky she ended up in love with you. Or else both of us would be dead. It's magic, Henry. Zoe wants me to visit my mother's grave and say my goodbyes. Ah, I see. Zoe agreed to go back to Larissa if you go to Germany. Yes, I want to go to Larissa for her, and she will go to Berlin for me. Although I didn't anticipate Zoe suggesting that. How long will you be away for? It won't be long. We will be staying in Larissa just for Zoe to get the paperwork done, and there's the wedding she'll be attending. 
then we leave for Berlin and stay there for a few days. Are you going to see your grandmother? <sighs> no. I doubt she will want to see me. Will you be going back home soon? Nine. I got confirmation today that I can stay. Oh, Henry, that's fantastic. You won't be going back now? Nine. The German Wargheims unit has permanently stationed me here. Uh, looks like it's the three of us again. Until we find you a girlfriend. Hmm? Hmm? Do you have something to tell me? Well, maybe, yeah. Yes? I'm falling in every like. Oh, dear. Is it that cute nurse you keep talking about? Uh, Alexandra? Yeah. I'm thinking about asking her to next month's dance. So it's serious? It may be if it survives my short stay in Melbourne. What's in Melbourne? The mm, office wants me to go over to Bill in for one of the investigators over there. When do you go? Tomorrow. You just arrived back home, and they are sending you out again? I'm afraid so. When are you leaving for Greece? In three weeks. Hmm. I'm not going to be here. I would have come with you, and I would have found some atlas half-witted Nazi to drag back home. I wish you were coming with us. Too bad you won't be here for the weekend. You're going to miss out on seeing me get Fletcher. Fletcher? The filthy latch? That Fletcher. He just won't leave Zoe alone. I could go over before I leave and break his arms. That will teach him. No, no. This is a job for me. A job for you? Yes. I have to take care of it. Oh, what are you going to do? Kill him with kindness? That won't work. Oh, that's not funny. It wasn't meant to be, Evie. You are not going to be able to reason with this man. He's a lecherous son of a bitch. Breaking his arms will be a better strategy. Yes, a great strategy to getting yourself arrested and thrown out of the country. Well, it's for Zoe, and it would be worth it. No, it won't. Anyway, it is not your job to defend Zoe's honor. Oh? It's my job. Zoe needs me to defend her, and I'm going to get this bastard to stop touching her. How are you going to do that? I have a plan. You're going to give him a paper cut with an envelope. I've heard paper cuts hurt. Oh, open the envelope. You're invited to a fancy dress ball? A masquerade ball, or as the Australians like to say, a fancy dress suit. A fancy dress do? That's what they call it. 
What's wrong with calling it a masquerade ball? I don't know, but the external affairs minister is holding one and wants all staff to attend. How is this going to help you in making Fletcher keep his grubby hands to himself? It's a joint intergovernmental fancy dress suit. A what? His wife is the arts minister, and they are throwing a fancy dress ball. Why? I have no idea, and I don't care. Normally, I avoid them, but this time, I'm going to go. That is going to be there? Yes. Zoe has been talking about the ball since she found out. You know how she loves to dance, and she's going to go with Elena. How will that work? You can buy me lunch, and I'll tell you my plan. Are you sure it doesn't involve killing him with kindness? Hmm? No, definitely not. Tuesday morning at the Sydney Art Gallery was a hive of activity. Zoe Lambrose was tucked away in her claustrophobic, windowless office with her office mate, Alex Bessworth. They were both junior art restorers at the Arts Gallery. Alice was a quiet woman who hardly ever talked to anyone and who applied herself to her work. Zoe was used to dealing with quiet and reserved people. Not that anyone would use those words to describe Zoe. Zoe's lover was Ava Haralambros, the quiet and reserved one in their relationship of five years. Yes, Zoe was very used to dealing with people who kept to themselves. Having this knowledge was the key to befriending Alice. They were work friends, and it made life at the gallery easier. They both slaved away at the job they loved and didn't mind where they had been relegated. Zoe was hunched over her work. A desk lamp illuminated the area she was working on. Are you going to the costume ball? Hmm? Can you stop for a moment? You're going to go blind staring at that corner. It's not going to miraculously change. I saw it on Friday, but it's not there now. You were mistaken. I remember what I see. Yeah, you got a great memory, but... It was there, Alice. I know it was. And now I can't find it. Are you going to the costume ball? Yes, I think so. I thought you would. You like those gatherings. You'll get to meet many of the gallery's artists and have lots of fun. They are a lot of fun, aren't they? How many have you been to? You keep threatening to go, but you never do. None. Why not? It will be good for you to get out and meet people. Talk to some interesting people other than me. You're interesting. (laughs) See, you are funny. Only with you, Zoe. It's something I don't enjoy going to. Hmm. I have a friend who doesn't like going either. Elena? No, another friend. I'm going to go with Elena. You should come to the dance, Alice. You can meet her there. She is so much fun. Is she a Greek like you? No, she is German. (laughs) So you're not going to ask your man if he wants to go? Uh, No, he doesn't like dancing. Some of the girls were talking about the dance in the staff room. 
They were really curious to see if you were finally going to bring your man along, and they asked me if I knew. That surprised me. Really? Why were they asking? They want to meet your boyfriend, of course. You don't talk about him much, and that gets people curious, especially since you're so outgoing. They find it a little strange they haven't met him yet. Really? Yeah, most of the girls who are married have invited their husbands or boyfriends to get together, but no one's seen your man. Joey smiled and glanced at the pictures on her desk. Perched between two red yo-yos and a miniature statue of Cleopatra were two pictures in simple wooden frames. One of them was of Ava and their dear friend Henry. The two were laughing, having fallen over in the snow. Zoe had taken the photograph, and it was her favorite of the two. The other photo was of her, Ava, Henry, her best friend Elena, Friedrich, and Earl, a group photo that symbolized family to her. To those who glanced at it, it was a fun photo of friends. Little did anyone know that Zoe's boyfriend was also in the picture. If it were up to Zoe, Ava's picture would be the only one on her desk. So they want to meet my boyfriend. And don't these girls have anything better to do? Apparently not. So, what were they saying? Kalinda thinks she don't have one. Beth thinks he's a spy. <laughs> Beth has been reading too many spy novels. Dennis thinks he's too ugly and you don't want to show him off. <laughs> no, he is not ugly. He is tall, dark-haired, and has some of the most amazing blue eyes I have ever seen. Has this gorgeous dimple in his chin. Oh, wow. He sounds like Kirk Douglas. No. Kirk is ugly compared to my boy. <laughs> You're such a character, Zoe. Belinda says he's very tall and handsome. Belinda is right. Tall, dark, but very, very gorgeous. Did they realize you were in the room? Oh, yeah. Although I think they're so used to me being quiet, they don't really see me. It helps that they call me Invisible Alice. I hate that. I really hate that. I know. <laughs> Beatrice thinks you're my defender or something. So if you were going to go, what would your costume be? Vodica. Oh, I get it. She was a redhead, just like you. If you came... What costume would you wear? Hmm, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Well, think about it, because I want to see what these things. Costume parties were something Zoe loved to go to, but Ava did not enjoy them. Zoe wasn't going to ask a question she already knew the answer to. They worked in silence for some time before Zoe looked up to find Alice reading what appeared to be an office memo. Anything interesting? Mr. Fletcher's getting another award. That's nice. It also says that he's going to start a mentoring program. He's going to select two staff members to be included in the program. They've attached an application form. I'd love to get in. No, you don't. You don't want to be in that program. Trust me, you don't. 
It'd be super fun to learn from such a talented man. Trust me. Come on, Zoe, you're being such a negative Nelly. Don't you think I can get into the program? Zoe heard the tremble in her voice and sighed. Fletcher was one of the most talented artists she had met, but his unwelcome advances were making her anxious. No one was aware of his atrocious behavior, and if they were, they didn't say a word. I think you can get into the program, Alice. You're a talented artist. I know why you don't want me to be in the program. You want Fletcher all to yourself. Everyone knows how much he loves your work. Everyone knows he loves my work? Of course they do. Boy, are they wrong. I'm going to apply for it and see what happens. You always tell me to take a chance, right? Yes. Right. Just like you say, to jump off the cliff and enjoy the ride, that's what I'm going to do. Zoe mentally rolled her eyes and wondered if there was anything she could do to stop Alice from getting upset with her. Alice was a great artist, and the program would help her if it was someone other than Fletcher. Yep, jump off the piece. I am sure it will, you will benefit from Mr. Fletcher. Are you just saying that so you won't upset me? Well, I don't want you to be upset. You have a lot of talent, and I really do think you would benefit from a program like that. Good. I'm going to apply. Did you know our new head curator is German? Uh, yes, I heard. You told me. Doesn't it bother you? What, with the Germans killing your family and all? No, it doesn't bother me. Not all Germans are killers. You're so kind. Zoe glanced at Alice and wondered how she would react to the news that she was a lesbian and that her lover was a German. I am not kind to all Germans, just some of them. I heard he was in the German Air Force. Is that right? Yeah, he was supposed to be like a Red Baron type as well. He had red hair? <laughs> no, not red hair. He was a fighter pilot. Ah. So what's your boyfriend's name? Zoe was about to blurt out, Ava, and she caught herself. Patrick! It didn't matter. Alice would never get to meet Patrick, so a little white lie wasn't going to hurt her. Nice Irish name. Is he a good man? Mrs. Oliver, Zoe's supervisor, entered the office and stopped in front of Zoe's desk, bringing the conversation to an end. A little less talking about boyfriends and more work, girls. Miss Lambros, please take this to the storeroom. Mr. Palomo is waiting for them. Be careful down there and say hello to Mr. Palomo. Zoe got up and walked down the hallway and down the steps to the storage area. She didn't like to come down here. The basement made her a little uneasy, as it felt isolated from the main area. The only person who worked here was Mr. Palamo, who was an older gentleman Zoe enjoyed talking to. Mr. Palamo! Please, I really hate this place. Zoe found the storage area for the frames and entered. The small room had a pile of frames of every shape and size lined up on the ceiling. 
She tried to lift the frame to the top shelf, but she found she couldn't reach it. Well, where's Evie when they need her? She heard a noise behind her, and one was about to turn around when she was pushed into the frame pile and hit her head on a protruding frame corner. Zoe angrily called out and turned her head to find a grinning Mr. Fletcher. Fletcher pinned her to the frame pile with his body and kissed the back of her neck. Zoe growled in disgust and tried to move away from the man's touch. Get the hell off of me! The more Zoe struggled, the more she found herself unable to extradite herself from Fletcher's powerful grip. She felt his hand moving between her legs. Zoe, come on now. You called me here for this, didn't you? Hell no! Stop that! (laughs) Oh, you don't like that, huh? Zoe shoved back against Fletcher's chest but couldn't move him. Her heart beat so loudly she was certain Fletcher could hear it. She felt his hold release and she took the opportunity to turn around and push him away. Fletcher lost his balance and took a couple of steps back. Oh, what the hell are you doing? Zoe grabbed the first thing she could find, which was a broken piece of frame. Holding it like a sword, she threatened Fletcher with it. You come near me and I'll use this. Come now, Zoe. You've been wanting this for a long time. Like hell I have. (laughs) You are a feisty one. And you're a complete moron. Now, now, now. You did ask me to come down here, and this is the thanks that I get. What? You are the one came down here to kiss me. I did no such thing. You invited me down here. Fletcher turned and locked the door. Zoe couldn't believe she was locked in a room with her assailant. You are so lucky I don't have a gun, or else I'd shoot your balls off. I came here to show you how much I care about you. I'll show you how much I care about you if you come any closer to me. (laughs) Now, now, Zoe. Zoe muttered in Greek and took a couple of steps towards him. She swung her broken frame. Fletcher ducked and moved away, and she hit the wall. Fletcher laughed in fury at Zoe. <laughs> oh, this could be fun. Fletcher chuckled as he picked up the wood rod. He grinned, swung the rod, and hit Zoe in the leg, causing her to yelp and jump back. <laughs> oh, so, mm, now, what, what's your next move? going to report you. Zoe internally winced. It was weak and she hated showing weakness to anyone. She swallowed her fear and took a step forward brandishing her bat. I have to say, you are feistier than I thought. (laughs) Dear, dear, dear. I used to be a good fencer. Although this lump of wood, it's, it's far too thick. Mr. Fletcher! Yay, Mr. Fletcher! Yes, Alice. Mr. Fletcher, Miss Applegate would like to speak to you. Right, I'll be there shortly. Well, we'll have to finish our little dance later. You're a feisty one, though. I like that. Fletcher left. 
and Zoe could hear him chastise Alice as his voice echoed down the corridor. Zoe felt her knees shake, and finally, unable to stand, she leaned against the wall and slid down and sat on the floor. Her hand shook at the realization of what had just happened. She was bleeding from the frame corner she had slammed into. Very gingerly, she felt above her eyebrow and her hand felt sticky. Her heart raced when she heard footsteps. She tried to get up but found her legs were not cooperating. In desperation, she picked up the wood and forced herself to stand using the wall as a brace. She took aim at the door. Mr. Palamo appeared in the doorway. Zoe dropped the wood and reached out to him. What happened to you? There, there now. We do have to get that cut looked at. Did you slip in there? That is a very slippy area. I told Miss Applegate. Can we get out of here? Mr. Palamo put his arms around Zoe to help her stand and led her outside the storeroom to his well-lit office. The tram stopped at a red light, and the standing passengers took a collective lurch forward, then back. The afternoon was hot, and the last thing any of them wanted was to be stuck on a tram with dozens of their fellow citizens. Ava wrapped her arm around the metal pole, feeling the coolness of the metal against her cheek, and closed her eyes. She shook her head and wondered why she had to go into work today. She had been rostered off, but was called in anyway. An influx of new migrants had arrived, and the interpreter department was utter bedlam which meant everyone had to go to work. Excuse me, love. Ava made room for people to get off the tram and resumed her spot against the pole. She hated taking the tram, especially on hot days, but her car, a resty, refused to work in the morning. The last thing she wanted was to go to work, especially after the long night of talking with Zoe about Fletcher and what had to be done to Zoe. Ava was enraged by the attack and wanted to confront Fletcher. Zoe was the one who talked her out of the irresponsible plan. It was quite a role reversal. Zoe was usually the one to lead with her heart rather than her head. Zoe's reaction was tempered by the fact that if she made any complaint against Fletcher, she would lose her job. Ava was utterly disgusted by that revelation. The tram lurched to a stop, and Ava realized it was her stop. She made her way to the door and down the two steps to the pavement. She looked up into the cloudless heavens inside. She was thankful she wore sensible shoes as she walked quickly down the street and into the cul-de-sac. She wanted to get out of the hot sun and into her home where the world and its problems would stop her at the door. She smiled when she saw her friend Earl as he drove his car up into the driveway. Ah, my adorable Evie, the love of my life. Earl was, for all intents and purposes, Ava's boyfriend or fiancé, depending on who was doing the asking. They made sure that every time they appeared together outside, it was to both their benefits. Earl was a teacher, a well-respected man in the community. Ava went to school functions as Earl's girlfriend, and Earl attended functions with Ava as her boyfriend. The long-standing joke in the neighborhood was that Earl was gun-shy and wouldn't commit. Ava played the long-suffering girlfriend. Earl took a couple of strides towards the end of the driveway and waited for Ava to catch up. Ava was about to give him a peck on the cheek. Mrs. Wilkins is watching us. Kiss me. 
Is she still looking? Ah, uh, yep. Your kissing is improving. Ha! Your beard is annoying. Shave it off. Still looking? Uh, nope. Gone. Hello, I'm keeping my beard. Makes me look professional. Makes you look like someone who doesn't want to shave. Leave my beard alone. So love of my life. Why are you walking? Don't know why, but the rest of you choose to start. I'm hot, I'm tired, and my gorgeous girl is home without me. Oh, was she babysitting? She was till the morning when Elena picked up Rebecca. She went to work, and she's home because Mabel lives here. Mabel was Zoe's bike. So the love of your life is home alone just waiting for you. Good thing the love of my life isn't here to hear you. Are you free tonight? Oh, let me check more dancing cards. Oh, why, yes, I am free. Are we going out? No, you're coming to dinner. Are you cooking? Oh, I'm fully booked if you're cooking. Oh, funny man. No, we need to talk about something. All right, what? Well... Now that Zoe is working at the gallery, she's invited to a lot of functions, and she's going with Elena too often. That will raise a few eyebrows. Once or twice is fine, but she's gone to a few of them now. Uh Uh-huh. So pretty much what we are doing. Yes, I hate the idea, but Zoe needs to cultivate these influential people. You mean she needs to suck up to the Audi group? <laughs> oh yes, she has to talk to them. She's been invited to a costume party, and she's going to take Elena again. I think this time she needs to take a man. You make it feel like she needs a pet. No, not really. We're going to the same costume ball. We? Oh yes. Uh, my mother has been trying to rope me into going to it. Something about appreciating art and all that rubbish. As she goes a pirate. Do they have piracy duds parties? No, they don't. Nah. Well, speaking of duds, what's the latest about that rat Fletcher? He cornered Zoe in a storeroom and attacked her. Phil's cheery demeanor changed dramatically, just as Ava had expected. Calm down, Lizzie. Calm down? I hear text Zoe, and you want me to calm down? Is Zoe all right? She was shaken, but she's fine. She fought the bastard off. Zoe used a frame to beat him back, but I fear it only made a matter of time that this man goes too far. It's why I am going to go with you to the party. Ah, I'm going to punch that weasel's head. Oh, I think that's a fantastic idea. No, that's my job. You're going to punch him. No, I have a better idea. A better idea than punching the idiot's lights out? Well, I don't think there is a better idea. Well, other than taking a gun and shooting his balls off, she should leave, Evie. She loves that place, Earl. It's not fair to have her leave because of that bastard. Uh, We really need to do something about that prick. I have a plan, but there's something else we need to talk about as well. We need to talk about boyfriends. 
Oh, yes? What about him? Did you find another and want to break up with me? Your jokes are really bad. I've never <laughs> said that to you. Oh, you Germans have no sense of humor. Now, what is this about boyfriends? Zoe's profile at the gallery is going to increase. It's just a matter of time until she will be promoted. Is that wishful thinking, or you know it will happen? I know it will happen. Zoe is extremely talented. I don't have to tell you that. Now she can get away with those pictures on her desk of us, and no one will really look into her private life. When she gets promoted, there will be more scrutiny about her life. You know it will happen, just like what's happening to you at school. Yes, that's true. We have to let them see that Zoe has a boyfriend, and they won't suspect a thing. And how do you feel about Zoe having a boyfriend? I have to admit, I would rather pluck out my eyes than see Zoe with a man, even if that man is a pretend boyfriend. And have you talked about this with Zoe? I have, and she's not happy that I'm even entertaining the idea. But? As much as I hate this, it's the right thing to do. We also have to think about the function she will have to attend. The work she does will mean she will have to attend functions like this god-awful ball. Hmm, I know. Patrick's in the same boat. He's going to be moving to the same school as me, and he will need a girlfriend for the many and varied lovely functions we need to attend. Oh, I hate this charade. I know. Hey, what about Patrick and Zoe? I was thinking about Patrick. This is going to sound awful, but we can use him as Zoe's pretend boyfriend. How serious are you about this boy? Oh, very serious. You said that about Paul. Paul? Eva, can you please keep up with my love life? Do you think he will want to be Zoe's pretend boyfriend? Ava would have laughed at the stupidity of the situation, but couldn't shake the unease she felt. The thought that Zoe was going to be kissed by someone other than herself made her stomach churn. Uh, he will have to be. Well, he needs Zoe as much as Zoe needs him. All right, boyfriend. Bring Patrick over for dinner. Oh, it's a date, Melita. Earl bowed and tipped his imaginary hat to her. He straightened, gave Ava a quick kiss on the cheek, and walked back to his adjoining house. I do love that man, but he must shave off that terrible beard. Ava hummed along with Doris Day, coming from the gramophone in the living room. She closed her eyes as Zoe's voice drifted in from the living room. She had to laugh at Zoe, changing the lyrics every so often. She sighed. The warm water and soap on her hands from the washing of the cooking pot at the sink were her reality at the moment. She was quite happy to leave the cooking to Zoe, who enjoyed it. The few times Ava had cooked were a culinary equivalent to allowing a tone-deaf singer into the Vienna Boys' Choir. That was how Zoe had described it after she had valiantly tried to eat a German stew Ava had cooked. Her analogy of the tone-deaf singer had stung at first, but then she had to laugh because it was true. Zoe couldn't eat it, even if she did love her dearly. Ava wore light tan long shorts that reached down to her knees and a lime green shirt, and she was barefoot. It was perfection itself to be out of her work clothes and not wearing shoes. 
She could easily go barefoot in the house, even winter, if it weren't for Zoe's obsession with wearing slippers and worrying about her catching a cold. Ava wasn't sure how catching a cold and not wearing shoes were related, but after trying to tell Zoe many times that she couldn't catch a cold that way, she relented and wore slippers in the winter. Zoe walked into the room humming the song. Ciao, Bella. Italian is such a beautiful language when you speak it. Isn't it? Normally? It is, but no one sounds as sexy as you. Are you going to help me with the washing, my Bella? <laughs> no, that is all yours. I just want to hold you while you wash the dishes. <laughs> I'm going to drop the pot. <laughs> no, you won't. Zoe lifted Ava's shirt slightly and slipped a tape measure around Ava's waist. She mumbled something that Ava couldn't quite decipher. Ava turned around. Zoe sat down at the table, picked up her pen, and wrote something in her sewing book. Do you want some dessert? What did you make? Baklava. Thank you. Mm, mm. Mm. Mm, this is good. Mm, mm, mm. I love it when you do that. Do what? That little hair tuck behind your ear. Zoe's red hair had grown over the winter months, and when she was in the sun, the red gold highlights illuminated her face. Ava loved it so much she had persuaded Zoe not to cut it not an easy task since Zoe liked her hair shorter. To her surprise, Zoe had agreed on the condition that Ava grew hers out as well. She knew she had been outmaneuvered, so she also relented. Seeing Zoe with her long, flowing locks made coping with her own long mane worth it. The baklava is scrumptious. You say that about everything I do. Not everything. Really? Hmm? What don't you like about me? You crack your knuckles. Oh, dear. You don't like that, huh? No, I don't. But I love everything else about you. Come, save me. Multilingual sweet talker. That's me. Left female. Done. One. Ava finished rinsing the pot. She turned to say something, but stopped when she spotted Zoe was rubbing her thigh. She turned back to the sink for a moment and then decided she wasn't going to ignore it. She placed the dripping pot in the dishwasher, dried her hands on the towel, and got down on her haunches next to Zoe so she could be eye to eye with her. Shall Bella, it doesn't sound as sexy when I say it. Can I have a kiss? Oh, no. You are very wrong. It sounds... Very sexy. Mm. Mm. Is your leg hurting tonight? It's a dull ache that won't go away. How did you know? You were rubbing. I woke up this morning feeling a little sore, but it's all right. You didn't say anything. Remember what we agreed. 
easy. Do you tell me every time you get up in the morning that you're feeling sore? I don't have to. You already know. Not all the time. Is it annoying to you that I worry about you? No. I know you worry about me because you love me, but you will give yourself an ulcer if you worry all the time I get on Mabel. You you worry about me all the time as well? (laughs) Is there any way I can get out of this with my pride intact? Ava gave Zoe her best puppy-eyed look. (laughs) You know that works on me every time. Does it really? You know it does. Those sad, droopy blue eyes. How long did it take you to perfect that look? It comes naturally. Ava stood up, gave Zoe a quick kiss, and went back to the sink. She smiled when Zoe followed. (laughs) Good girl. Now don't slouch. Ava shook her head and stood to her full height as Zoe went down on her haunches next to her to measure her. Zoe? Oh, come now, Evie. It's taken me weeks to create this pattern, and I want to see you in it. So we can go to Yes, we can go to the department store and buy you a new outfit, but it won't be the one I'm fantasizing about. Louie got up, put the measuring tape on the table, and turned back to Ava, who was grinning at her. She put her arms around Ava's waist and looked up. I want to see you in something I've created, and it's going to be very beautiful. I need a better view. Help me up. Ava helped Zoe up onto the bench top. Zoe opened her legs and captured Ava's body and brought her close. Comfortable? I am now. When I was confined to my bed, I drew all sorts of outfits for you. Like little girls do for their cut-out dolls. Yes, but I have a living doll. Some of my designs are just, well, let's just say that you can't wear them outside our bedroom. So you see me naked all the time. Yes, but what does that have to do with it? It's my fantasy. Your fantasy? Are you blushing? I've had this fantasy for a long time. I've drawn it, but it's not the same. I want to see the real thing. You dressed in a fire engine red costume with horns and a tail. A cute demon. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting all hot and bothered just talking about it. I've drawn it, and now I have to see you in it. I won't have to wear it outside. Don't worry. Only you and I will see it. Ava shook her head and laughed at Zoe's vivid imagination. It had led to some interesting situations, and none of them was her idea. She took Zoe's hands and held them for a moment before she brought them up to her lips and kissed them. You still fantasize about me? What do you mean, do I still fantasize about you? There's nothing left to fantasize about. Ava said it quietly. I'm sure why she was feeling insecure at the moment. What? 
Do I still fantasize about you? Yes. I've been fantasizing about you since we met. Well, well, all right. Maybe not since we met. Maybe a few days after we met. I fantasized about you when I wasn't even sure why I was fantasizing about you. I've had dreams about you. I've had daydreams that would set off the fire alarms in a dozen theaters. <laughs> a dozen? At least. Ah, uh, the dream. Good. No. Reality is much, much better. You know that costume party? The fancy dress? Yes, that one. I'm going with Elena. No. Uh, No, I am not going with Elena. Why? Do you want to take me to the dance, Miss Ela? I would love to dance with you. We are going to the dance, but not together. Huh? I am going to teach Fletcher a lesson in manners. You can't do that. I thought we agreed on it last night. You can't confront him, Evie. Why not? He hurts you. We can't let him get away with it. You're going to get me terminated. That's why... He's a respected artist, and I'm nobody. No one is going to believe me, and certainly not after you intervene. You are also going to go with your new boyfriend. Zoe pushed Ava's hands away and jumped down off the counter. Ava sighed to herself, knowing she had not handled that particular announcement well. Zoe? So it's all right if I get terminated? Is that what you are saying? That is not what I'm saying. You can't let this man assault you the way he has been. Pinching your bottom and being flirtatious with you is very different to what he did yesterday. I don't want him to touch you again. I don't think you can do anything, Evie. There is a way, love. There is, and I have a plan. Trust me on this, because it will work. You have to tell me what this plan is. And by the way, what do you mean I'm going with my new boyfriend? Zoe? What boyfriend? Uh, Well, um, it's like this. Later, when she was alone, Ava brought the cigarette to her lips and took a drag. She exhaled and watched the smoke drift in a slight breeze. She was outside lying on the orange sofa her feet braced against the armrest. Zoe had a portrait to finish, and Ava needed some time to formulate a plan. Fletcher had gone too far, and Ava needed to do something about it before his assault on Zoe progressed beyond just kissing. Zoe loved her job, and it was something that she had wanted for many years. Normally, Zoe didn't need saving. She could take care of herself. This was different. Sebastian Fletcher was a well-respected artist and national treasure. No one was going to believe Zoe's story. There was no other way other than Ava's plan. One of the other issues Zoe was vehemently against was boyfriends. She despised the idea of what she called cover-up boyfriends. 
Ava wasn't thrilled with the idea either, but she was used to it. Ava was adamant that she was going to defend Zoe's honor. The attack on Zoe had triggered the feelings of helplessness she had had in the past. She couldn't do anything for herself then, but she could do something now. She was determined to protect Zoe as much as she could. That evening, Zoe came out of the living room and walked into the empty kitchen, hoping Ava was there, but she wasn't. She had finished the portrait and was going to set the table for the late dinner. Zoe noticed the door to the yard was open, and she stood at the threshold for a long moment. The light on the veranda was turned off, but she could easily see Ava in the dark. I think it's cuddle time or a Mia. Zoe, Zoe said this to the cat, who had followed her from the living room and was brushing up against her leg. She stepped out of the veranda and quietly made her way to where Ava was lying down. Would you like some company? Ava made room on the sofa and patted the empty spot next to her. Zoe snuggled up against Ava and put her arm around her stomach. Oh, this is nice. Have you been thinking about Fletcher all this time? Yes. It's upsetting both of us. I don't think we should let this pass, though. We can't. This whole Fletcher thing has got me so upset. I want to punch him in the head, but I know if I do, I will lose the job I love. Once you are terminated from one place, they won't give me a reference for the next place. I know. It upsets me that you are stuck in such a situation. I can't sit and watch it happen to you. What if your plan backfires and I end up getting terminated? You will open your own studio. My own studio? Yes. You've been doing portraits and other work. Word will spread and you will work for yourself. So even if things are slow, I have a good job. So we will manage. We managed all right when you were going to college. I'm not working in a factory. It's an office. You're getting more money doing two portraits than the money you get at the gallery. I love the gallery. I know you do. But if it comes to pass that my plan backfires, we have a fallback plan. I don't think we can succeed. Fletcher will complain even if you do scare him. What if I scared the fucking idiot so much that he doesn't dare make a complaint? Trust me, love. Both women stayed quiet for some time. Zoe looked up at Ava, who had her eyes closed. Do it. Ava opened her eyes and glanced down at her. Zoe saw the unshed tears glistening in her eyes. Can I? Yes. Do it. I hate not being able to do anything. But there has to be a line that no one is allowed to cross. Fletcher crossed it. A wise man once said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. If we do nothing, Fletcher will continue to harass and hurt other women. We can't do nothing. Who said that? A philosopher my mother was fond of quoting him, and that was one of her favorite quotes. 
I know this may backfire, and you may lose your job, but I can't stand by and watch and hurt you. You are right. Let's do it. I also think we should be mad at the idiot people. They are the ones who want me to have a boyfriend. I don't know. I hate lying about boyfriends. You're not very good at it. I am good at lying. What? 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 What did you say? I have become good at lying. Who said that? You did. When did I say that? You said that I was convincing and showing people that I loved Earl. Yes, to the people who don't know you, you are not a very good liar. Your face gives it away. How? Your eyebrow twitches. You have a very expressive face. My eyebrow twitches? Yes. You're not a good liar. You have never been a good liar. I have no idea how you could fool anyone who truly knew you. Fooled you in Larissa? No, you didn't. I saw past that cold bitch routine even back then. Trust me, if I had known what I know now, there is no way you could have fooled me even for a second. So I am a lousy liar, good at convincing people. Not even that. Earl does a better job of convincing people you two are together. He's the one that initiates all the touching and the kissing. Don't be so surprised. I pay attention. You're just following Earl's lead. And that's what I realized when I was thinking about our fight. You don't initiate. You follow. I never thought about it. You don't think about it. Remember how you told me that you are used to it? Yes. You are used to it. You are used to the lie you have to leave, but that does not mean you are good at it. I wouldn't care if I told the world how I feel about you, but I would like to tell the world to go to hell. You you have told the world to go to hell. You rode Mabel because it wasn't ladylike thing to do. You enjoy shocking people like that lady in the department store when you were shopping last Christmas. (laughs) I did enjoy that. There's a difference. I don't do that. You do. You tell the world to go to hell by surviving what they did to you. Every day you are alive, you tell them to go to hell. That's a lot of telling off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make Fletcher He had never laid eyes on you. I love you, but I I can be a real bitch when I want to be so. Only when you are being someone you are not. You are not a bitch. No matter how hard you try, you can't be. You can pretend, but you are not. Fletcher won't know that. That's true. Do you remember that drawing you did of me after we saw that fellow? (laughs) The one of you dressed in the leather pants and the very tight shirt? Mm, Yes. 
Oh, I remember that one very well. <laughs> I remember that very, very well. How would you feel if I brought that drawing to life? <laughs> oh, easy. You don't have to do that just for me. That plan to get Fletcher to keep away from you. Oh, what are you going to do? He's going to wish he'd never met you. I love you dearly, but he, he won't believe you. No, he won't believe Ava Haralambos. He will believe Ava Mueller, a German bitch dressed in leather. With a tattoo. What tattoo? <laughs> the one I have been thinking about for a long time that hits you. <laughs> oh, Evie, you should see your face. It is not a real tattoo. Thank goodness. Zoe hitched herself up and rested on her elbow. With her free hand, she reached up and unbuttoned the first three buttons of Ava's shirt. The gold cross that sat in the hollow of Ava's neck glistened as the light from the cigarette fell across it. Zoe, Zoe gently pushed it aside. I'm going to draw a phoenix. On your chest. A what? A phoenix. You know what a phoenix is, right? Mm, Yes. It's a bird that rises from the ashes of its former self. He is resurrected out of the fire that consumed him. Uh Aha. The phoenix is you. How am I like a phoenix? You have been reborn out of the fires of Aden. The phoenix is your animal. You are just like the phoenix. That can also be said about you, love. Maybe. But it is more your story. That's why when you are ready to open your own photography studio, your display window will feature the phoenix. I have already designed it. You have? Yes. It's gorgeous, and I'm going to draw it on your chest. And you get dressed up in the very tight leather pants. <laughs> you like that, huh? Yes, I'm going to have a phoenix on my chest, pants that cut off my circulation, and an attitude to match. I know this is not who you are, but I am thrilled you want to do it. Absolutely. Hazel kissed Zoe passionately as Zoe entangled her fingers in her hair. They parted, gazed at each other and smiled. Ava gently brushed her fingers across Zoe's lips and then tenderly kissed her. I'm getting a boyfriend. I'm getting a puppy. (laughs) Boys are like puppies. I hear they are house trained. So are puppies after a while. (laughs) So, who is my new boyfriend? Patrick. Patrick. Our old Patrick. How many Patricks do we know? Earl seems to be in love with him. He's a teacher. And he looks all right. Multicolored hair, gray eyes, good looking. He's got a scar above his eye. Oh. But that's okay. 
What? I'm an artist, so I know just these things. He's a little taller than you. So he's good boyfriend material? <laughs> oh, seems to think so. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. If you say so. Ava slipped her hand behind Zuri's neck and gave her a passionate and sultry kiss, thrusting her tongue past lips that parted quickly for her. The kiss turned into two, and then three, until Zoe moaned at the extraordinary feel of the tongue teasing her own. Ava broke off the kiss, and Zoe groaned in frustration. They looked at the direction of the noise. Earl took two steps from his backyard to their yard through the adjoining gate. He grinned and stood at the foot of the steps. Oh, you are kissing. Yes. Hmm. And I interrupted. Did. So how did you like my warning signal? What was that? <laughs> my cricket bat. Do you want to make out on the sofa? How long were you there for? I just saw you kiss him. We were just getting started. Oh, so I really interrupted some good kissing. I'll go and do something else until you two are finished. Sit down. We can continue the kissing later. Out of the darkness, Patrick walked up to them with a bottle of wine and some flowers. Well, good evening, ladies. Uh, what are we doing? We interrupted their kissing. You interrupted our kissing. Patrick was more polite. <laughs> so, when's dinner? Soon. We have something to ask Patrick. Now? It's a good time. All right. Patrick, we have a favor to ask of you. Hmm. Zoe is going to need a boyfriend, and you need a girlfriend. But we were talking about that before we got here. Well, I'm getting transferred to Earl's school this week. You know how those people are always knowing about your life. Patrick got up and went down on one knee in front of Zoe and took her hand. Zoe, will you be my girlfriend? Uh, um, well, you don't see that every day. Zoe is speechless. Stop that. Of course, I guess this works for both of us. Well, I'm, I'm going steady. Hey, hey, I'm going steady with a girl. My mother would be so proud. I know it's going to be hard for you and me, though. We were discussing that before you two came. We have a plan for Fletcher. What's that? We've been invited to the Arts Council Masquerade Ball. Oh, I'm going as a pirate. Didn't we have this conversation already? No, you're not. You're going to go as a tough, rough, uh, what, what do they call them? Um, uh, what do they look like? Leather pants, leather jacket, white t-shirt. Bodgies. Bodgies, yes. So I want you to dress up as a bodgie. I'm a little old for a bodgie, Evie. 
it's for a good cause. I'm going to dress up as a, what are the women called? <laughs> that was a weed cheese, mate. Yes. And why are we going to dress up like that? Remember I told you about the plan I had with Fletcher? This is the plan. Oh, so we're going to stop him from being a lecherous bastard by dressing up as a bodgy and a widgy. Yes. I'm not quite sure how that is going to work yet. That's why you are invited to dinner. I'm going to tell you all about it. I am going as a widgy. Evie, my widgy night. Yeah. How about I just get the hell out of him and you watch? How about you watch and I scare him? I have a feeling he would want to get his hands on my behind, and that's when I have plans. Ew, yuck! Uh, can we talk about this at dinner? I'm starving. All right, let's go eat, and we can figure this out. Zoe got up and held out her hand for Ava, who stood and looked down at Zoe for a moment before reaching down to kiss her. I love you. Oh, stop that. I'm going to go blind. They walked inside the house to discuss Ava's plans for Mr. Fletcher. <laughs> well, hello there, gorgeous. Zoe cooed as a tiny fist waved in front of her face. She was holding Elena's baby girl, Rebecca. The child had dark hair and large, dark brown eyes, and she was staring at Zoe intently. I wonder if you know how much you are wrong. Oh, I don't think she has any idea. She always complains. Always? Well, not always. She stops to poop, then sleep, and then she complains. Tell me something not related to diapers and 2 a.m. feed them popping. <laughs> well, we have a costume party tomorrow. Oh, that is interesting. Did you finish the leather pants? I did. Eva is going to look gorgeous. Mm, so what's your plan? Eva has a plan. She is going to intimidate Fletcher. Elena! <laughs> oh, sorry, but you really don't think this will work, do you? Mm, Eva is determined to do something, nothing stops her. <laughs> you mean she's stubborn. A little bit. Who's stubborn? Eva asked as she walked into the living room with the baby bassinet. You? You are a little stubborn about Fletcher. That lech. Elena doesn't think you can do it. Elena scowled at Zoe as she smiled apologetically to Ava. You're such a gentle, quiet person. Ava looked at Elena and then at Zoe. She straightened and her face went from that of a mild-mannered woman to look that Zoe could only describe as stone cold. A look she had seen before. A look that took her back to 1942. To a woman taunting her in a church cellar. Even then, Zoe could see past the attempted intimidation. She remembered the look in Ava's eyes and totally mesmerized her, but never fooled her. Zoe stood transfixed as she witnessed Ava's transformation. Her face was devoid of any emotion, 
and her sky-blue eyes were cold. The Ava she knew so intimately wasn't there. In her place stood a cold bitch, as though it had called her many times. Ava advanced towards Elena, who was leaning against the door jam. Ava braced herself against the door with her arm and looked down into the much shorter Elena. Don't be fooled into thinking I won't act. Ava said this in German, her voice deeper than normal. Elena stared at Ava for a long moment. Zoe could see the fear and uncertainty in Elena's eyes. I will do whatever it takes to protect Zoe, and if it means becoming someone else, I will. All right. Zoe was astounded at Ava's performance. It was more than what she had anticipated. The posture, the voice, the intimidation. She realized that Ava had been impersonating someone else back in Greece, but this was more threatening. Ava broke character just as quickly, gave Elena's cheek a quick peck and smiled, the warmth returning to her eyes and her posture returning to normal. Wow, that was scary. I am sorry I scared you. Ava put her hand on Elena's shoulder and shyly smiled and left the room. Wow, what was that? That was the woman I met in Marissa in 1942. Oh, wow, that was... I don't know, but she scared me. She reminded me of the gods at Bergen Belsen. Oh! Zoe then realized why Ava had broken character. She could see the fear in Elena's eyes. Elena had spent a considerable amount of time in Bergen Belsen concentration camp where she had lost her mother. Eva didn't mean to scare you. Oh, I know, but to look at her eyes, Zoe, it was cold. It's an act. Eva found a way of surviving the hell she was in by being a bitch. Zoe went to the sofa with baby Rebecca in her arms. She settled the baby in the nook of her arm and took Elena's hand. That's how Evie survived it all. She could, couldn't show her gentleness. They would have finished her off. Well, how did you break through all that? The gentle soul that she is came through. You can put on an act for a certain time, and then it falls away at some point. You don't have that kind of patience. <clears throat> I was a bigger bitch. Ava heard Zoe as she walked back into the room with a nap piece and a blanket. You were a firecracker. I liked fiery. To Zoe's complete surprise, Ava gave her a kiss in front of Elena. Zoe grinned at the look of astonishment in Elena's face as Ava left the room again. And that was the woman I love. Did you see that, Rebecca? Your Auntie Eva has shocked your mama. <laughs> Elena laughed. Very intertwined her fingers with hers. What you just saw was Evie being herself. She is affectionate. She is smart. She is caring. She is romantic. You don't get to see that often, but she just showed it to you. She also scared a few years off your life as well. 
Ava looked at herself in the mirror and shook her head at her reflection. Her long hair was slathered by that foul cream that Zoe had used to grease it. Zoe had hidden her hair under a short-haired black wig that she had managed to find. She was wearing the black leather pants Zoe had created, and they were tight. Not tight enough so she couldn't move, but very snug. I hope I don't need to go to the bathroom. The T-shirt they had borrowed from Patrick was on the bed, and the long black boots were sitting next to the bed. Zoe had very patiently drawn a phoenix rising out of the fire on Ava's chest. Ava tilted her head to the left and traced the phoenix's head. She leaned in for a close look and marveled at Zoe's attention to detail. Ava's smile broadened on seeing how detailed the eyes were. Instead of black, they had a tiny bottle of blue. Zoe came up behind her and put her arms around her waist. You were miles away. You didn't even hear me calling you. I didn't hear you, love. I was just trying to get into the right frame of mind, and I was also admiring your beautiful artwork. Ah, the phoenix looks gorgeous, better than I thought. And it looks so beautiful against your skin. Uh, Before you second guess, Patrick is all right in the boyfriend stakes, and yet you are sexy in those pants. (laughs) I don't think I can sit down. How do you know what I'm thinking? Because I know you. Did I scare Elena too much? You did a little, but she knows it was an act. It it took me back to when we were arguing in the cellar. Are we going to talk about the war? Let's not. Ava knew talking about the war would end with both of them in tears. Can we get back to me looking sexy in these pants? Yes, sexy pants is far better than war stories. Yes, they are very sexy on you. I can't wait to get them off you. Oh, wait here. Zoe smacked Ava's butt and ran out of the room as Ava let out an exaggerated sigh. She came back with Ava's camera. So you don't need a photograph. Oh, yes, I do. Ready? Don't I need to wear the shirt? Uh, Not yet. Half naked is good. Ava shook her head as she went to the bed, took the T-shirt and pulled it on. It fit perfectly. She then took the leather jacket that was hanging on a hanger. She turned to find Zoe gazing at her as she held the camera. Ava spotted the pack of cigarettes on the dresser, lit a cigarette, and to Zoe's delight struck a pose. <laughs> oh, my biggie. <laughs> Ava laughed as Zoe finished taking the photos and laid the camera on the bed. She engulfed Ava in a hug gave her a quick kiss and allowed Ava to finish dressing. Ava could see Zoe's reflection in the mirror, and the look on her face was so joyous she couldn't help but smile. Ava turned away from the mirror, and she knelt at the bed and rested her elbows on the soft comforter. Oh, look. I can bend my knees. I told you. I love how you want to defend my honor. Always. Ava smiled and kissed Zoe lightly on the lips. I will always 
defend you. You are just the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, I would really like to continue this conversation, but we can't. No. Bad timing. Ava tapped Zoe on the nose and laughed as she got up from the bed and went back to adjusting her black pants. So, what do you think? The pants are tight. And they are a bit tight on purpose. A bit. Zoe, you're going to have to cut them off of me tonight. Ava said this as she tried to scratch her itchy head and grimace from the hair grease. This stuff is going to eat my scalp. Giggling, Zoe got up from the bed and went to put her arms around Ava's waist. Trust me, your hair is fine, and Fletcher is not going to be able to keep his hands to himself. Fletcher doesn't need an excuse. I won't have any feeling in my legs after this. You look absolutely beautiful in these pants. Uh-huh. Ava put on her leather jacket over the white cotton T-shirt. She had never envisioned she would ever look like this and still couldn't quite believe it. You have very strange dreams. Mm, you only wore this outfit for a little bit in my dreams. I don't think the ball is ready for a naked Eva to turn up. Eva took a cigarette from the ashtray and stuck it in her mouth. The only thing that is real is my smoking. Ava met Zoe's gaze and then struck another pose. Bravo! Zoe clapped after she had taken the photograph. She sat back on the bed to admire her handiwork. Ava wore black boots with a good three-inch heel that increased her height to an intimidating six feet five inches. She sighed. Stop drooling. You're going to ruin your toga. Zoe was dressed in a white toga with an olive branch headdress. It wasn't an overly imaginative costume. Zoe wanted to spend her time on Ava's black leather creation rather than on her own costume. The news of Rato is going to go over well. It's not Erato. It's not? I, I thought you said you wanted that. I changed my mind. You can stop fussing with my creation, please. <laughs> it's going to be tight for a few hours. But you will leave. I've never had anything this tight before I left. It's too bad. Your legs look gorgeous. Zoe pulled on Ava's jacket, and Ava obliged by leaning down. I'm supposed to be Calliope. Oh, just one more thing. She picked up the burgundy neck scarf from the dresser and tied it around Ava's neck, which allowed the phoenix to stand out against Ava's pale skin. So, my soft little boji. I am not a boji. I am a witchy. This witchy is ready for showtime. Time to turn into my icy twin. Ava smiled at Zoe, who stuck her tongue out at her. I love your voice, but when it goes really deep, I get goosebumps. You do? I do. Zoe fanned herself with her olive branch headdress as Ava laughed and gave her a quick kiss. Oi, boys in the house. 
All right, playtime. I know this isn't going to be easy for you, love, but you really have to be convincing. The idea of kissing Pat is making my head hurt. It is not like he's ugly. I, I don't mind kissing him on the cheek, but he's a boy. How do you do it? I imagine Earl is you. Every time I kiss Earl, I think it's you. Okay, so if I close my eyes and think it's you, that I am kissing, then I will be fine? Yes, a more hairy meat. Yes. Can I ask him to shave his mustache? No, you can't do that. He might ask you to grow a beard, and frankly, I wouldn't like that. Let's go and see what the boys are up to. Ava led Zoe out of the bedroom and down the hallway into the living room, where Earl and Patrick were drinking beers. Ahoy, me mateys. Patrick exclaimed as he jumped up on seeing them. Patrick was dressed as a pirate, complete with an eye patch and a hook whilst Earl wore the identical outfit to Ava, but with the addition of an eye patch. What's with the eye patch? I didn't know bulgies wore eye patches. Well, this bulgie is blind in one eye. You're not a pirate, Earl. You can't be a pirate. Bulgies wear eye patches. Earl protested, but took off the eye patch. I'm going as a pirate next time. Oh, bloody hell, Ava, you look smashing. Patrick, you need to get your story straight with Zoe. Yeah, what story? Zoe, you're never good at remembering our story. Yes, I am. (laughs) No, you're not. Patrick, the first time I met Zoe, she and Ava were kissing in a storeroom down at the factory. And they tried to tell me they were sisters. We did kiss after Zoe tried to convince me to quit the job. <laughs> well, that didn't work. <laughs> anyway, what does that have to, got to do with my story? You told me you were sisters. Sisters? You actually used that sisters line? We did. Only problem was that Zoe couldn't remember if it was different mother or different father. I got it right, and you got it wrong. All right. Well, I don't think we'll have that problem tonight. Earl moved Zoe and Patrick together. They stood there awkwardly. And you two look like strangers. That's because we are... Zoe turned around to see Abel was leaning against the door jam. Patrick put his arm around Zoe. Right. How's that? Is that any better? Hey, you look like you're hugging your sister. Maybe you shouldn't be affectionate and don't be friends. I have an idea. You just asked me to go steady so you can see it is a new thing and we will see where it goes. Yeah, I can do that. So... How did we meet? Tell them the truth. Tell them he isn't my boyfriend and I love that gorgeous wiggy in the tight black pants? No. 
Tell them you met Pat and you two are going steady. Great. That's easy to remember. All right, then. Well, we have the stories in check and we're dressed. Let's go and get into some mischief. Ava and I will go on my motorcycle and you and Patrick will take the car. Earl offered Ava his arm and escorted her out. Uh, are you guys sure Ava can pull this off? She can. Zoe watched Ava walk out of the room and concentrated on her very shapely behind in the tight pants and thought to herself, I'm not going to have a lot of problems taking those off of her tonight. Zoe felt herself getting a little warm. Yeah, you're drooling. Zoe snapped out of her Ava haze and looked up into Patrick's very amused face. She quickly looked away, embarrassed at being caught mentally undressing Ava. She adjusted her dose to do something other than look at Patrick. It's all right. I do the same thing also, you know. You do? With Eva? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Not Eva. Although she does look gorgeous. My attention is on the other E. Oh, oh of course. <laughs> mine looks better in leather. Yeah, and mine looks better without it. Zoe stopped and gaped at Patrick, who laughed. She opened her mouth and then shut it. Oh. I'm going to guess this hardly ever happens to you. What? <laughs> it's obvious. Being speechless. Patrick laughed as he escorted Zoe out of the house. <laughs> Zoe stopped and caught sight of Ava sitting astride Earl's motorcycle. Oh, dear God in heaven. I'm going to go up in flames where I stand. To her delight, Ava turned, lowered her glasses and winked at Zoe before blowing her a kiss. Zoe sighed as the motorcycle roared off down the street. Oh, Patrick? Yes? Let's get this over and done with, because I have better things to do tonight. Patrick opened the car door for Zoe and shut it. He was still laughing as he got behind the wheel for the short journey to the party. Well, you look quite sexy. Ava lowered her sunglasses and peered over the top of them and smiled, completely forgetting to stay in character. Stop that. Will you do? Must be those taut pants. They leave nothing to the imagination. Ava shook her head and pushed the glasses back up her nose. She took a cigarette from Earl's lips and puffed on it. I'm nervous. So don't do anything to make me even more nervous. Ah, would they be like telling you my ex-girlfriend is coming this way? You had an ex-girlfriend? Earl turned to the other way as she tried to look around. Before you, my love, there was someone else of the fair sex. Go with me and you're on. Ava smiled and melted into Earl's embrace. Earl touched her leather-clad behind, and she mentally rolled her eyes. Earl captured her lips in what probably looked like a very passionate kiss. She didn't see the woman approaching them. Earl? Earl broke off the kiss and turned. Ava turned in Earl's embrace, and behind the dark glasses, she took in a tall blonde woman with her escort at her side. She did a double-take. Earl's former girlfriend was Mrs. Fletcher. Oh, Dana MacArthur! It's been a long time. 
Bella greeted her with a smile, but kept his arms around Ava. Ava watched Dana and curled up against Earl. Dana took a step and kissed Earl on the cheek. Too long. I'm so glad to see you made it back home. Oh, Ava, this is Dana MacArthur. Fletcher, actually. I'm married now. Oh, really? Oh, well, this is my fiancé, Ava Mueller. Ava, this is Dana Fletcher, my old girlfriend. Easy on the old Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies, Miss Dana. Well, my former girlfriend meets my future wife. How interesting. My, you are tall, aren't you? Ava nodded, reserved but friendly enough. When she spoke, it was with a German accent. Hello, pleased to meet you. You're, you're German. What gave that away, dear? Ava found the man's voice annoying. Ouch. The interaction between the lech and his wife was cold, bordering on sub-zero. I have to remember to tell Zoe about this. Fletcher was a gaunt, thin man of short stature with murky brown eyes and the most ridiculous rail-thin moustache. Ava thought he looked like a comical character from a film. She wasn't sure if he was dressed as a character or if it was a real man. Either way, she found him distasteful. He was slightly taller than Zoe. Ava had the overwhelming urge to slap him. Earl touched her on the arm. Well, she sometimes, you know, just uh, blanks out. Yeah, it was the war. Too many bombs go boom. At this, Ava clapped her hands loudly. Earl and the Fletchers jumped in surprise. Uh, have you been here very long? Not long. It is a very interesting country. Mm, yes, my husband was in Germany during the war. Well, at the end of the war, I, I was stationed with the British Army. Ah, so I have you to thank for bombing my house. Ava made this quip in German and wanted to laugh at the surprise on Earl's face, who understood a little German. She continued to smile, knowing Fletcher understood her. She continued in German. We go play boom later? Ah, um, of course. I'm sorry, I, I don't understand German. I thanked him for liberating my country. Ava winked at Mr. Fletcher. Uh, uh, yes, yes, of course. I think we need to mingle some more. Thank you so much for coming, Miss Mueller. Yeah, it is nice party. We shall talk some more about the war, Mr. Fletcher. Yes, that uh, that would be good. Fletcher took Ava's hand and held it for longer than she expected. Then the Fletchers walked away to another couple across the room. What in God's name was that? You had a girlfriend? You bought my house and something about them later? Zoe would be proud of me for that one. You understood it. I understood bond and house and worked out the rest. Smart boy. You have excellent taste in women. So how are you going to get the lunch? Don't worry, I have a plan. 
Ava turned Earl to his left and smiled as Mrs. Wiggins, Earl's mother, headed her way. Oh, look, your mother. What are you dressed up as, Mum? Heavens, Earl! Isn't it obvious I'm Marie Antoinette? Oh, hello, darling Eva. Uh Mrs. Wiggins kissed Ava on the cheek. Ava liked Earl's mother who had instantly took a liking to her when Earl had introduced her as his girlfriend. He felt sorry that they had to lie to her. Well, don't you look tall? What are you supposed to be? A bogey. A widgey. Well, you are a very tall widgey. Not that I've met many of them. Did Earl convince you to dress up like that? No, it was Zoe's idea. Ava replied without thinking and laughed along with Mrs. Wiggins, who saw the joke. (laughs) What is that on your chest? Ava held her shirt a little lower to show Mrs. Wiggins the full phoenix and the fire. Zoe's idea. She said a widgie should have a tattoo. That girl is so inventive. She's very inventive. You are looking very handsome, my son. Thanks, Mom. I, you know, do scrub up very nicely. Only would chew that silly beard. Did you meet the Fletchers? You would love them, Eva. Oh, I did. His wife is... Earl's old girlfriend. Very interesting. Interesting is not the word I would use for that girl. I never did like her. You two don't get into much trouble, all right? I promise to be a little bad, just a little. (laughs) That's so funny, Evie. Speaking of little bad, where is young Zoe? Eva looked around the room. She found her draped all over Pat in the corner. They were laughing with another couple. She felt like a heavy weight had parked on her chest on seeing Zoe with someone else. We did push her into this to stop whining. Zoe curled her arm around Patrick's bicep and snuggled up to him. Ava could almost feel Zoe's arm around her. Mrs. Wiggins followed her gaze. Well, goodness me, doesn't she look exceptionally cute? Is that young, who is that young man with her? Zoe's no boyfriend. Nice-looking boy. They make a beautiful-looking couple. I would like to meet him later. We have to make sure he's worthy of our Zoe's attention. Who is he? Patrick Williams. He's a school teacher. Whoa! (laughs) How did they meet? Earl introduced them. Well, that's a good, honest profession. He looks like a nice fellow. Do we know his family? Oh, he's Adele Williams' nephew. Is that so? So that's young Patty. Well, that is just so perfect. Ava suppressed the urge to laugh, but merely nodded. Not to worry, Mum. Evie and I'll make sure he's the right man and marry her off. I'm still waiting to hear when you two are going to get married. I want to become a grandmother, Earl. Yes, Mum, it will be soon. Make the announcement before I get too old to look after my grandchildren. 
Yes, Mum. Earl sighed as his mother kissed him on the cheek, kissed Ava, and wandered off. Ava returned her attention to Zoe, who was leaning against the wall and playing with her hair as she gazed up at Patrick. She spoke to Earl without looking at him. Are we going to break up soon so you don't discipline your mum? Nah, I'll just tell her you're still thinking about it. Ava glanced at him and shook her head before she returned to watch Zoe. Earl whispered in her ear, causing her to jump in surprise. Stop looking at her. You're going to get jealous. Going to get jealous? I have gone way past jealous. I know she's angry playing this game. She was all right at the house. Although she did look like Patrick had the bubonic plague. She isn't behaving that way now. She is very angry. And how can you tell? See her left hand. How she's flicking her finger? That's a sure sign Zoe is angry. She's also playing with her opal pendant. She's trying not to lose her temper. Zoe tries not to lose her temper. She does that occasionally. I want to end this quickly. I am going to find Fletcher and we will leave. All right, you're the boss. Zoe was laughing at something. She wasn't sure if it was funny because she had been watching Ava ever since they had arrived. She tried to pay attention to Patrick, but what she really wanted was to go home. Instead, she was stuck here waiting for Fletcher to get his comeuppance. Zoe watched as Earl's mother greeted Ava and Earl. She wished that Ava would stop wasting time and go give Fletcher his due so they could go home. Her thoughts were interrupted by Patrick's voice in her ear. Zoe, trust me. I'm going to kiss you. What? Zoe was pushed gently to the side as Patrick cupped her face with his hands and kissed her. Zoe's mind went blank and she remembered Ava's suggestion. Filled with the recent lustful thoughts about Ava, she put her arms around Patrick's waist and melted into his embrace. She didn't notice the older woman approaching them. Oh, Patrick, Patrick! Pat broke off the kiss and smiled at Zoe, who still had her eyes closed. Oh, <clears throat> man, that was some kiss. Zoe opened her eyes and felt herself blush. The older woman tapped Patrick on the shoulder. Patrick turned around and feigned surprise. Ah, honey Adela. Oh, Patty, um, I didn't know you were coming to this party. Ah, oh, did I forget to tell you? Hey, silly me. And who is this lovely lady? Ah, uh, Adela Williams. This is Zoe Lambros. She's my girlfriend. Zoe wondered how many times Patrick had had to play that game, and by the ease with which he said it, she worked, she figured it had been quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And when did this happen? Um. Well, actually, only a couple of days ago. I, I met Zoe and found her to be so adorable. Indeed. Patty, next time, find a quiet, quiet place to kiss your girlfriend. Yes, Auntie. It is my fault, Mrs. Williams. He looks so cute in his pirate outfit. I had to kiss him. <laughs> I can't wait to tell your cousin. She's here someplace. You must come over for dinner. Lambros, is that a Greek name? Uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, oh, I can't talk much now because I have to find Mrs. Bosworth, but 
I would love to talk to you about your country. And, Patrick, I will see you later. Adela gave Patrick a kiss on the cheek and left him. And Zoe leaned against the wall and smiled up at Patrick. Well, that was interesting. Ah, sorry about that. Uh, No need to be. You actually helped me. I did? How? (laughs) My lustful thought. Zoe fanned herself. They looked at each other and laughed. The party was in full swing with the music blaring. People on the dance floor and couples dancing the jizzbug. It looked like fun, but Ava had other things on her mind than dancing. She positioned herself near the stairs, and every time she spied Fletcher looking at her, she tilted her head and smiled. Fletcher was getting closer to her, but he was taking his time, which aggravated Ava. While she was waiting for Fletcher, she watched Zoe. Zoe never had experience in dealing with men on a romantic level. She dealt with men on a purely platonic level, all directly against them. Zoe had three brothers who had died during the attempted Italian invasion of Greece in 1941, and two male friends she loved dearly, Henry and Earl. And they were the only two she allowed to get close to her, the only two that she trusted. While they were waiting for their passage to Australia on a refugee ship in Egypt, Zoe had men flirt with her. She was completely oblivious to their attention until one of the young men tried to woo her with flowers and chocolate. Zoe was unusually shy, and Ava wasn't sure if she should intervene or give her some space. It turned out Zoe was more interested in the chocolates than the young man's romantic intentions. She hoped Zoe would choose to stay with her rather than to go with someone else. The root of her fears was Zoe would realize she didn't want to be with a woman and would go to find a man. It was a silly notion now, but back then it was very real. Ava smiled. It seemed like a lifetime ago instead of a mere five years since those events. Her love for Zoe had only intensified. The notion that Zoe would not want to be with her was just as remote as her growing two heads. You think of stupid things. Ava gently scolded herself under her breath, and Fletcher patted her butt. Oh, I don't think so. Ava very deliberately lowered her glasses and smiled sweetly. I was in a world of my own. More boom downstairs. It's a room at the end of the corridor. See you in five minutes. Looking forward to it. Ava mentally rolled her eyes. Fletcher, the fool, didn't even reply. He just headed down the stairs. Dear God, some men are just apes. She found Earl and indicated where she was going. Zoe didn't need to know. She was grateful that Zoe's back was turned to her. Ava went down the steps quickly, followed by Earl. For anyone who looked, they looked like two lovers who wanted to be alone. Where did he go? He's gone to the end of the corridor. He's waiting for me there. Earl stopped just short of the door and ducked into an empty room. Ava stood alone in the corridor and closed her eyes. She took a deep breath and focused on who she had to be. Straightening to her full height, she walked slowly into the room to find Fletcher, leaning against the palace of frames. Well, there you are. I thought you may have gotten lost. No, no, no. I wouldn't get lost. Eva spoke in German, 
then approached Fletcher and smiled. Your wife wouldn't be upset if she caught us? No, I don't think so. Fletcher put his hands on Ava's waist. She could feel his clammy hands through her thin T-shirt. He brought Ava closer into a passionate embrace. He leaned forward and kissed her. Ava put one arm around his neck and melted into his embrace. While the other arm snaked around him and tinged his butt, Fletcher yelped. Wow! What the hell? What? You don't like a little foreplay? Ava took her voice to its lowest register and grinned. She took a step forward, causing Fletcher to back up against the pallet with Ava blocking the door. That's not foreplay. No. Ava ran her hands through his dark hair. Fletcher pulled away and hit his head on the pallet. Oh, would you like me to kiss that better? Um, no. Fletcher felt the back of his head and pushed on Ava with the other hand. Ava stood firm, grinning at him. You are a silly boy. I like silly boys. Ava could sense his unease as he tried to pull away. She pinched his cheek, then cupped his butt cheek and pinched it, making him jump. What a panic man. She could see how Fletcher could corner Zoe and keep her blocked. He was a slightly built man. Zoe was easy to manhandle, but not Ava. Your fiancé? Oh, he doesn't mind. He might join us soon. Uh, What? No, Uh, no, no. Yes. He likes a threesome, or maybe a foursome. You can bring your wife. (laughs) That would be good, wouldn't it? No. No? No. Get away from me. Fletcher angrily tried to push Ava away. He was met with an icy stare. I said move. Ava grabbed the man's hair and slammed his head against the pallet. She grabbed him by the necktie and brought him inches from her face. You are such a lecherous bastard. You don't tell me to leave or move. Wow. Do not touch what is not yours. You're crazy. She pushed him further back into the pallet. Ava brought her whole weight to bear against him. She brought her knee up and slammed it into the man's crotch. If you touch my Zoe again, I am going to break your fingers. Ava grabbed the man's fingers and held them tight. She didn't want to cause any harm, but squeezed them just enough to convey her message. She saw the fear in the man's eyes and sneered. I'll break them. Cut them off before I feed them to you. Understand. Fletcher tried to nod, but Ava's grasp held him. He grunted instead. Ava pushed Fletcher against the pallet and let him go. She strode over to the door and looked back. I had a lovely time. She smiled and waved at him, and she left the room. Earl was leaning against the adjoining office with a bottle of wine in his hand. Ava strode past him, and he left the bottle and followed her very quietly up the stairs. Time to go home. She caught Zoe's eye and signaled her with a slight tilt of her head. 
Zoe and Patrick arrived home before Ava and Earl, and Zoe waited impatiently for the motorcycle to arrive. A few minutes later, the black motorcycle came to a stop in the driveway. Zoe was more than a little surprised to see Ava steering the motorcycle with Earl in the back. Zoe laughed on seeing Ava's broad smile as she maneuvered the motorcycle onto the grass. You drove the beast? I did. I thought since I was dressed for it, I might as well go all the way. <laughs> There's so much I don't know about this mysterious widgy cow for in the morning. Phoenix was mean. <laughs> it's time to retire. Ava Mueller, widgy night. I think he got the message. Was it good or what? Well, I reckon you should get an Academy Award. Well, he was nearly paying his parents. Oh, I was nearly paying in mine. That's moist. Wow. They were outside, and Zoe resisted the urge to kiss Ava, even if it was dark. The sound of the very loud motorcycle was sure to get some of the neighbors peering out to see what the commotion was about. Oh, dear God, don't move. She raced inside the house to get Ava's camera retrieved it and her flash before she raced back out. Oh, Evie, dear God, you are gorgeous. Zoe, do you really? Yes, I really have to take a photo or two. Or a million. Or a million. Come on, humor me. Do me a really, really big favor. Yes, love? Lean over the bike for me and lower those glasses so I can see those gorgeous eyes. Earl and Pat snickered. Ava gave them a look and complied with Zoe's request. Zoe took several shots in succession, as Ava did as she was asked. I really need to get this gunk out of my hair. Just a few more. I want to take a great shot of the phoenix. Ava leaned forward and made sure the phoenix was visible, causing Zoe to stop what she was doing. They smiled at each other before Ava winked and put her glasses once more. That phoenix suits you so much. Come on, my greasy girl. No, wait. Zoe, give the camera to Earl. He can take a picture of us on the bike. Zoe didn't need to be told a second time as she hurriedly handed the camera to Earl and hiked to Toga so that she could get on board the motorcycle. Oh, I love this bike. Ava leaned against the handlebars of the bike with Zoe at her back. Zoe put her arms around Ava's neck for the photograph. Earl laughed as the two struck a pose and a photograph was taken. They both got off the bike and Ava handed the keys to Earl and took off Patrick's leather jacket. Thanks for the loan, Patrick. Must say, it does fit you well. Zoe put her arm around Ava's waist, fully aware that she was hidden from the neighbors in the semi-darkness behind the Jaconda tree and led Ava up the stairs to the house. Good night, boys. Zoe and Ava entered the house and shut the door. Moments later, Zoe put her arms around Ava and looked up into smiling blue eyes. Thank you for doing that. I would do anything for you, love. I know, but this was a difficult thing for you. Ava shook her head as she gazed down at Zoe. No, it wasn't hard at all. I did it because I love you and that. Oh, that matters. 
Zoe blinked and studied Ava's face for a long moment. She felt her throat constrict, and Ava's eyes crinkled in delight. Zoe cleared her throat. When she spoke, she was hoarse with emotion. You are amazing. I am at your service, my lady. He won't touch me again, will he? Not if he doesn't want his fingers broken by Widgie Eva Mueller, he won't. You really scared him? Oh, yes. I put the fear of God into him. I am quite sure that he'll keep his hands to himself now on. Like all bullies, he cowered when someone bigger and nastier turned on him. You sound very sexy with that deep voice. You like that, eh? Eva laughed as very soon fell against her chest. Who are you mimicking? My first lover, Greta. That's what she sounded like all the time. That's who I was trying to be to me. I love the sound of your own voice much better. Ava allowed her voice to return to its softer lilt. You do. I do. You are not a rough Luigi, but you're gentle and kind-hearted, and that's what I love about you. How are you feeling after playing this role? I am feeling great now that it is finished, but I also have lost feeling in my legs. Ethel wiggled her hips, causing Zoe to laugh. She scratched her head and grimaced on touching her hair under the wig. Stop the itches! Come on, let's take that grease out of your hair. I think we won't have a problem with those very tight pants. Zoe chuckled, taking Ava's hand and leading her into the bathroom. Zoe tilted her head to the right, giving Ava an impish grin. Good evening, Miss Haralombro. Ava had washed her hair and wrapped a towel around her shoulders as she came out of the bathroom, minus the wig which she had left in the bathroom. She had removed her white shirt and was only wearing the black leather pants. Zoe put her hands over Ava's leather-clad backside and grinned. Oh, this feels nice and soft. <laughs> now this I like, since I am a tough. <laughs> Ava giggled at the description of herself. Where was I? You were a tough Reggie. Yes. Since I am such a top witchy. Ava kissed very softly on the lips. We must... Mm, that seems really set off your eye. Is that all you can see? The phoenix? No, that's not all I see. I see my best friend, my defender, and my wife who went out tonight and became someone she isn't, all for me. I will always defend you, love. Ava tenderly brushed strands of Zoe's hair away from her face and looked down into her emerald-colored eyes. You did more than that tonight, Evie. Don't you know that I will always feel witchy night? Ava kissed Zoe softly on the lips. My heart is about to burst. We have one more thing to do before I can show you how much magic we can create. Ava said this as she pulled on the leather pants. Come on, time to get these 
pants off of me. Oh, that's not going to be a big problem. Two kissed and then fell onto the bed laughing. Later that night, unable to sleep, Zoe quietly got out of bed and began writing in her journal. Night, I cannot sleep. I've been watching Eva sleep now for a few hours. I can see the phoenix move on her chest as she breathes. She's the phoenix and will always be. She has a smile on her lips and I can't help but want to kiss her. Can someone be more in love with the love of their life? Is that possible? She's so beautiful as she sleeps. I am going to draw her. She didn't want to wash the phoenix off her chest. She said it made her feel invincible. I shake my head at her inability to see what I see. She doesn't need the tattoo to be reminded of how strong she is. There is a quiet strength that everyone overlooks. There's steel underneath the quiet exterior. That's why the phoenix is all about Evie. She's just like the phoenix that rises from the fire and ashes. And she finally takes that leap and gets her own photography studio. That's what her logo will be. I got it already. She scoffs at this studio ever becoming a reality. But I know it will. It has to. She loves taking photographs. And it gives her peace. It was so funny. Drawing the phoenix on her chest, she would get an attack of the giggles. And I would have to stop because the giggles caused the phoenix head to look a little strange. It took a lot of time to draw. Had to make sure it was perfect. Of course, huh? Eva was very proud of herself when she got back from the masquerade ball. She was so happy she made Fletcher tremble. How anyone could be frightened of my Evie is beyond me. One looks into her eyes, and you can see the gentle soul she is. But then Fletcher isn't very bright. Most men are not very bright when they are confronted by a beautiful woman. Why is that? They turn stupid. Then again, what can I say when she looks at me and all I want to do is kiss her? (laughs) Even Patrick whistled when he saw Evie in those tight black pants. Evie is irresistible, even to boys who love boys who love Evie in tight leather pants. (laughs) I make myself laugh sometimes. I think my heart stopped for a moment when she walks out of the bathroom tonight. Her long hair was wet, and she had a towel dried it, and those gorgeous blue eyes shone brightly. Evie was very proud of herself and couldn't stop smiling. She had the towel wrapped around her shoulders, and the phoenix stood out against her pale skin and moved when she laughed. Oh, those pants. My goodness, those pants. Taking them off her was not a problem. (laughs) Yes, I am obsessed with those pants. More to the point, I am obsessed with remembering my girl in and out of the pants. 
That's better. <laughs> oh my. It's getting warm. And I'm not wearing anything. <laughs> I need to finish this entry and not wake her up so we can make love again. She needs to sleep. I gaze at her, and all I can think about is how much she loves me. I know what it took for her to become someone she is not. What she did today was extraordinary. This is a woman who doesn't want to make a lot of noise, who doesn't want to attract any attention. She attracted attention tonight. My goodness, she attracted attention. I watched the men look at her, and a few of the women as well. (laughs) I almost wanted to laugh, and they claimed her. She is mine, all mine, all six feet, two inches of her. She's all mine. She said she was mimicking her first love, Greta. And dislike Greta. I haven't met the woman, nor am I going to meet her anytime soon. There was something in Evie's voice when she spoke about the woman. There was a sadness attached to the memory. Shouldn't there be happiness when you think of your first love? Evie was my first love and my last. I don't think I could ever think of Eva with sadness. How utterly horrible that would be. Greta is not someone I would like because anyone who makes Evie sad on just the memory of them is someone I wouldn't like. Evie said that the deep voice in the attitude belonged to Greta. That's who Evie was mimicking in Larissa when we first met. This Greta person. Blech. How could Evie fall in love with such a woman? I asked her that question as we lie in bed and talked about the ball and everything that had happened. She said Greta was the first woman who had paid attention to her in a sexual way. Greta was older than Eva and worldly. She was sophisticated and cultured and everything Evie thought she wanted. I'm not sure why I persisted in finding out about Greta. Maybe I was jealous and that she got my Evie first. I don't know. But I wanted to find out more about her. Shallow and vain, and those are two traits you will never have. That is what Evie told me. You are not Greta. You will never be like her. Did she have red hair? I asked her because I was curious. Evie has a type. Everyone has a type. With men, she likes to be friends, tall, blue-eyed blondes. Henry has green eyes, but he is blonde. Well, his eyebrows are, and his beard when he hasn't shaved. His bald head is devoid of any hair, so I'm going to assume that if he had hair upon his head, he would be a blonde. She has told me often enough that redheads are her weakness. So all redheads are her type of woman. So I was curious what color eyes this Greta woman had since she wasn't a redhead. Gray eyes. Gray eyes? I told her the relationship was doomed from the start. I made her laugh. Every time she laughs, I marvel at how stupid I was when I think back to Larissa and thought she was one no 
and not going back there now. Not tonight. I won't dwell on Melissa. I'm going to be doing too much of that when we get there soon. I don't want to write about it just yet. Tonight I found out more about Greta. I think more than I needed to know. I couldn't help myself. Yes, I was jealous. A little. I had to ask what happened to her because when we go to Germany soon, I'm hoping she is not there. So I asked what happened to Greta. Evie has a very expressive face. And when I mention Greta's name, there's a sadness that is reflecting in her eyes. She closed her eyes, and I thought maybe I shouldn't have asked. When she opened her eyes and looked at me, I saw the sadness there. Whatever Greta did, it shattered Evie. She didn't have to say anything for me to know that. I, I was about to tell her not to tell me, but Evie wanted to. The last I saw of her was when she told me she was getting married. I haven't thought about her for a long time. And the day when I became her, it made me angry. And I used that anger against Fletcher. Do you think she would have taken you away? I asked. There was no way Eva and Greta would have been able to stay together. I don't know much about Evie's family, but they were rich and powerful. They would never have let Evie be in a relationship with a woman. They proved that by having her tortured for who she was. No, no, she wouldn't have. She just told me what I wanted to hear. That's something else that you will never do. She was a bitch. Let's leave her on the rubbish tip with the rest of the losers. Greta is a footnote in Evie's past, and that's where she will stay. Greta lost the most treasured gem, and she's mine, all mine. The woman who dressed up as a widgie to defend my honor is not one who let to get away. You never let someone so precious get away. <laughs> look at her. Wow. I wonder what she would look like as a pirate. Now she's gone to one fancy dress do, as those Australians like to call them. She may do more. Eva is a pirate. I'm trying not to think about it either because Eva really needs to sleep, but I can draw it, can't I? Ah, yes, I can. She's like my real life dress up doll. I can change outfits. I I won't show her the pirate art just yet. I need for her to get over the Ouija experience. And then one day, I will show her how great she looks in long black boots and that outfit. <sighs> I think I'm going to stop writing because I want to cuddle up to my Phoenix girl. Zoe quietly put away her journal and, taking care not to wake her, slid back into bed with Ava. She felt Ava instinctively wrap herself around her and then drifted off to sleep. Thank you for listening to Sherry's Playhouse.